Hello and welcome to another episode of Harder Not Smarter, where we dive deep into the world of veteran entrepreneurship, military transitions, and cultivating an unbreakable mindset. This show is hosted by former Navy SEAL Kevin Seif and yours truly, former Green Beret, Greg Van Dyne. Join us in extending a warm welcome to Scott Mackis, a visionary entrepreneur and the mastermind behind Strength Mugs. Scott has seamlessly transitioned from crafting coffee mugs to spearheading transformative ventures like the Service Academy Business Mastermind Group and its groundbreaking investor group. Scott's journey is nothing short of inspiring, as he shares with us his invaluable insights on building a business centered on strengths and finding success niching down. From his time growing the Academy Fund to his rise in real estate investment, Scott details the immense potential within the military veteran community for entrepreneurship and commercial real estate. In this episode, we dive deep into topics ranging from the role of 10x vets in fostering executive communities to the indispensable advice for raising funds. So stay tuned as Scott takes us through his incredible entrepreneurial journey with plenty of actionable wisdom for you to immediately apply to your own business. Welcome, Scott. I appreciate you you jumping on the the Harder Not Smarter podcast with us. It's always a pleasure to to have conversations with you. Uh, so Scott is a uh, a business savant over here with all kinds of things coming out of out of his background with the the Service Academy Business Mastermind Group. He started 10x Vets. Um, he's a, a founding member of the Academy Fund and the Service Academy Business Mastermind Investor Group. Um, and then his first his first endeavor was Strength Mugs, which is using the the Gallup's Clifton Strengths as uh, the baseline for decorating coffee mugs to show people what what their uh, their strengths are. So Scott, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Um, we're really looking forward to having this conversation with you. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, and I'm glad it's the harder, not smarter. <laughs> oh, for sure. So. We. Uh... <laughs> we when we were coming up with with names for the the podcast. We were just shooting shit back and forth, uh, coming up with some some fun ideas. Some of them at the beginning were were very business oriented. We're like, yeah, we're going to make this professional entrepreneur podcast talking about different ventures. We had like elite ventures and venture veterans and elite veterans and all all kinds of stuff like that. And nothing nothing really felt right. And then we started throwing some more satirical ideas back and forth. Our, our favorite one that we didn't pick was uh, commando conversations. We're like, that could have just been Ooh. taken so many yeah, different ways. I, yeah. We would have <laughs> had our own calendar. Well, I mean, we yeah, still might you, do you, the, you, the calendar. That's yeah, right. You that's don't know how guests yeah, might have shown up on video to, on that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we ended up going with uh, Harder Not Smarter as a you know self-deprecating humor towards some of the the skills that it takes both on the, the entrepreneurial side, but also in the military and especially in the, the special operations space where, you know, th there isn't always a, a smart life hack way around something. Like I had to go through hell week twice. There, there's no easy way around that one. You just got <laughs> to put your head down and, and shove it right through the brick wall. Um, and I know Greg's had plenty of experiences where, you know, you just need to pick up that ruck and, and, and put your head down and go. Yeah, awesome. Hell week twice, man. So that's uh, <laughs> I would don't even want to go through it once. But that's that's pretty amazing that you that you uh, had to do it twice and made it through it, twice. It, well, Kevin, would you I rather go through? To... Would you rather go, go through on? Hell Week twice or Seer twice? So our our Seer is a little weird um, because team guys being team guys, the, the Navy kicked us out of their program. Um, we were causing too much havoc because guys would go through after they'd gotten their trident pretty much. Um, and so these guys are, are, you know, 
cloud nine thinking they're they're the the baddest thing in the world and then you're putting them in a fleet course with pilots and crew chief and and, and other people and it was just turning into a a, a bit of a, a cluster because you know these guys were bending the rules you know they're trying never to be caught and the whole point of seer is to eventually be caught so you can go through the resistance and escape portion um and these guys were like swimming out into the ocean and treading water for hours on end so the instructors wouldn't catch them they're like you're missing the point here um and so to have a little bit more control because you know the the uh situations pilots are going to find themselves in are probably different than the situation seals are going to find them in so there's like it's just better if we just separate these two groups and uh and make it their own but with that being said um probably do hell week again just because you're with the boys where where seer school is just pure suck like there's just nothing cool or fun about it but (laughs) we we digress um yeah scott i was a surface warfare (laughs) officer on a ship drinking coffee and you know eating donuts i guess that's what the swos do so (laughs) living the good life out there though you know you got yeah all, all the the warm meals although sometimes the meals were uh a bit cut short if you're extended on deployments so yeah t- tell us a little bit about the the experience you've had going from uh you know academy service warfare officer and then getting out and, and really diving into the the entrepreneurship world yeah well it took me well thanks yeah thanks again for having me on the podcast and it, and it took me i got out of the the navy in 2006 um and you know, there was probably 10 years of their, you know, time span of after the Navy, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, uh, so on shore duty, I went to, to business school and uh, did that in the evenings. And that was really the first time that I ever took a, a business class, you know, at the Naval Academy, <clears throat> you know, it was really highly engineering focused. And I was a political science major uh, only because that was the easiest major to Kind of get through and play a, a varsity sport. <laughs> I have no right, right, also a political science that. major. I'm, I'm a yeah. political science major for the very same reason. I just my way, you know, just wrote the the papers and whatever I had to do to kind of get through that. And so, uh, but I was always good at, in in with math and with numbers. And my uh, wife's family, they're a family of entrepreneurs. You know, uh, my wife's father uh, was in the real estate business and was also in the Dunkin' Donuts business. And my wife uh, really was kind of suggested like, Hey, Scott, maybe you should try business school. And uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, it was really the first time that I ever sat down and took a class that I actually really enjoyed and partly probably because I was paying for it myself, (laughs) you know, I had to get an ROI, Uh, but I really enjoyed business. And I, and then I remember, um, you know, kind of wrapping up my my uh, weekdays and heading up to uh, uh, kind of meet with my my wife and father in law and just ask I would ask him a lot of questions, you know, about business and how he would structure deals and uh, it was really an inspiration to me, um, you know, when it you know kind of came to taking the entrepreneurial path. But I wasn't quite sure back then like what I wanted to start it. What I wanted to start, I knew that I wanted to do something that had a lot of purpose and meaning, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to serve customers that I was really passionate about serving. And so, uh, 
anyways, but I, so I wasn't quite sure what to do. So I went and got a job. I worked in medical device sales for a couple of years and uh, worked in the construction industry for probably eight or nine years after that. And back in 2010, uh, I just started kind of throwing like entrepreneurial ideas at the wall and started a bunch of different side hustles, um, you know, kind of working in the evenings and on weekends, you know, trying to figure out like, hey, what's the business that I could start that, you know, where I could make money serving people that I really enjoyed serving. So um, anyway, so uh, that was about 10 years of kind of like grinding it out and struggling and <laughs> trying to figure things out. And, um, and then what really was helpful to me on my entrepreneurial journey was, or just kind of on my professional development journey was, um, you know, taking the Clifton Strengths assessment, which is mm -hmm. an assessment that, that, uh, Gallup came out with a number of years ago. And once I understood like what my strengths were and what my talents were, it's like, man, like, how do I create a business around my strengths? Right. Because this is clearly the way that uh, I create the most value for people and the most value for, um, yeah, potentially for customers. So it was this clients. right when the, uh, the Gallup strengths thing came out, it was a, a pretty new thing at the time. Yeah. So maybe I think it came out, you know, don't quote me on this, but maybe like the late nineties ish, you know, okay. uh, I, I think that that's when, you know, Gallup released the Clifton strengths assessment it used to be called strengths finder. And it was really the life's work of, of the uh, of uh, of Don Clifton, who was the chairman of Gallup for a number of years, and um, really just wanted to create a language around the talent themes. And mm -hmm. he felt like, hey, when people focus on their strengths, they focus on things that they're good at, they get a better result. You know, and oftentimes, you know, if you guys remember, back, you know, in the military, it's like a lot of times, like we're trying to fix weaknesses, right? Or even in the corporate world, it's like you go in for a performance review and it's like, hey, here's the five things you're terrible at that you need to improve. Um, just completely ignoring the things that you're, you're really good at where you, where you could yeah. honestly make, make a, a bigger impact. It's like, why, why do I need to be good at everything? Yeah. Yeah. So I was so passionate about that assessment that um, and I was doing some coaching on the side, like in the evenings, just trying to help people. And it was mostly just charitable work. I don't even know if people, anybody was paying me back then for any. <laughs> any of what I was doing, but, um, I was really passionate about the assessment. I became a Gallup certified strengths coach back in 2000 and I think it was 16 or four, 2014. I went through the, the certification process. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of from that, uh, I didn't really start a coaching business. I started an online store selling coffee mugs with people's top five strengths. So, and it worked. Like I, I remember launching the business on a Friday afternoon. I was, I was leaving work um, for the day and, uh, posted a link to the online store in Gallup's Facebook group and mm -hmm. also tweeted a, uh, a guy by the name of Michael Hyatt, who's a best-selling author. I knew he had taken the assessment and I knew what his, his strengths were. And, um, that was my launch. So I posted and I created the Shopify store. I found a, a, uh, a print shop that would print customized orders, you know, so that was kind of hard to find, but I found a print shop to print and fulfill the orders. And so it was kind of like this passive income. So you didn't need any, any like warehousing or, or, you know, uh, product forecasting where you're like, all right, I, th I think I'm going to sell this many. It was all, uh, a made to order. Like someone go online, say, these are my strengths and it send it over 
print out that mug and ship it off immediately? Yeah. And every, every order is different. So most of the print shops mm -hmm. that I reached out to when I was trying to find a, a, you know, a partner to, you know, do the fulfillment and the printing, they were like, no, uh, we only print like a minimum of, of a hundred or a thousand. Mm -hmm. They all had to be the same thing. Right. But you know, with the assessment, like everybody's strengths are different. So there's 34 different strengths. And so with the coffee mugs, every single one is different. Uh, so I had to find a, uh, and I knew nothing about the printing business, but after, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 rejections or conversations with people, finally, somebody said, Hey, you need to talk to a print shop that does dye sublimation printing. I'm like, what the heck is that? But who cares? Right. <laughs> so I, I Googled like dye sublimation printing. I found a print shop, which was actually only like 30 miles from my house. And boom, they said, yeah, we'll do these for you. And uh, literally, like after I posted that, um, my big launch, you know, my post in the Facebook group and my tweet, like <laughs> I got an order within 10 minutes and it was crazy that, you know, um, I did, which I didn't have to, it was pretty much passive income. Right. And yeah. so that, that was my first business. And that, I feel that, like this is something straight out of, uh, Tim Ferriss's book, four hour work week. Have you, have you read <laughs> yeah, that one? Seriously? <laughs> of course, man. Yeah. That was like, that was in my, my library of that you was know, the inspiration. self-help books, you know, when I was spending, <laughs> I, I feel like every entrepreneur has to spend, do their 10,000 hours in the self-help section of the library. Oh, for, so. for sure. Yeah. This is like right out of it, you know, you know, find a, a shirt, that that people like find a print shop over in china that, that'll print it on order set up a, a website do some seo and uh and let the the uh the business launch and just kind of go on its own for a while and see how long you can uh you can ride that wave yeah yeah so that was that and then three months later gallup reached out to me i got a phone call and it was you know their headquarters is in omaha nebraska and i saw like the area code i'm like oh man am i in trouble <laughs> what's this all about and so infringement and so yeah so all the strengths are trademarked come to find out and uh you know i was i'm you know i think you know one of the lessons i, I guess lessons learned or uh, in entrepreneurship is, is, uh, you know, don't always ask for permission because if I probably had asked for permission, it would have been like all of this, all the reasons why, like, you know, you, you shouldn't do this, right. All the strengths are trademarked and this is intellectual property, which, Hey, it is right. And mm -hmm. so, um, so they reached out, but, uh, but Gallup's been great to work with. They actually became one of my biggest partners in the business. And, and so. Uh, but I did have to sign a licensing agreement. I pay royalties, you know, to use the tr the trademarks uh, on the coffee mugs. But they put a link to my on online store on their main website, which I thought was oh, really that's cool. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. That, yeah, it's really cool that the, the leadership at that company recognized the value of this. So, like, this is a brilliant idea. We don't actually need to take this and do this ourselves. We can just let Scott keep doing this, and we'll just collect the royalties on it. It costs us nothing now. Um, and just let him run with it as long as he keeps it professional and in line with, with our values. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that was, that was my first business that actually worked. And, uh, and so we still do that today. So strengthsmugs.com is the, the website. My wife mostly handles the day-to-day -day of that. Um, but yeah, man, it's still kind of a side hustle. You know, it's uh, like vacation money every year selling these, <laughs> these coffee mugs, but I love the customers. So what I like about it is I love the customers, everybody's personal development focused, you know, wanting to, um, you know, help other people realize their potential, whether they're team leaders or, 
you know, nonprofits or churches or, you know, whoever, right? Everybody's got a, a really cool mindset that takes the assessment. And I love, uh, you know, shipping them mugs and kind of seeing their mug shots on, on social media and stuff when they get them. So. <laughs> so, so how did you go from strength mugs to running this massive uh, business mastermind, you know, the Service Academy Business Mastermind Group and also the investor group within that? Yeah. So, so how do we connect coffee mugs to an investment fund? <laughs> and, and <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, for me, so that gave me a lot of confidence, right? Because I think when you're starting out in entrepreneurship, and I know you guys probably talk to a lot of entrepreneurs or side hustlers or people that you know, want to go in that direction, but are kind of struggling to figure out, you know, product market fit or even what kind of business they want to start. Um, it can be really deflating, right? And you, you know, even as confident as a lot of us might be, you know, having served in the military or, you know, you know, people used to look up to us, you know, now, like all we get is rejection, right? And nobody wants to buy our products and <laughs> and this is rightfully so because they probably suck right and so um but having getting to your first win or getting to your first sale where somebody actually pays you for something that you created is super rewarding and um and that gave me confidence to kind of go out there and say hey you know i've started this you know this side business this online business selling these coffee mugs and i really just wanted to surround myself with other like-minded uh, you know, at the time it was just academy grads. It was the service academy business mastermind, you know, people that graduated from a, a service academy that uh, were also starting businesses or had started a business and were looking mm -hmm. for mentors or customers or, um, you know, to build relationships. So anyways, but that was really the the idea behind the service academy business mastermind, which was kind of the next thing that I started after that was I just wanted to be surrounded by like-minded people where I could, you know, show up to a Zoom call and, um, you know, just connect with other folks that were starting businesses that were kind of going through that entrepreneurial journey. Um, and that, so at the, at the beginning, it was a podcast where I'd interview Academy grad business owners. And I think mm -hmm. from the Strength Mugs experience, I realized that the riches are in the niches. Right. It's like mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff I started early on, it was like, hey, I'm going to do like life coaching and help people achieve their goals. Right. And people are like, what goal? Like, what are you talking about? And so with Strength Smugs, it was so niche that it actually worked. You know, it was like people go to the online store and it's like you either understand what we do or you don't. Right. So it's I think it was that was a, a key lesson learned there. And then with the Service Academy Business Mastermind podcast, it was Academy grad business owners. Like, who would have thought like <laughs> anybody would listen? But it was so niche that a lot of people listened, and you know, and it was a way to connect people uh, differently than they had ever been connected before. You know, this very niche community. So, um, yeah. So a podcast and a Zoom networking meetup back mm -hmm. in 2017, I guess it was before. Zoom really, really hit the scene, but I'd host this online meetup every month and it was free to attend. And, um, and just people were getting a lot of connections and a lot of value from coming to the meetups and from the podcast and, and listening to the podcast and being a guest, you know, and sharing their story and with the audience and it worked, man. And so 
I, I didn't have a business model behind it at first, but you know, that yeah, was go, I, go I with what feels good and, and what, you know, is attracting the audience and what, what's resonating with them to, to want to keep coming back for more. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that was kind of like the beginning for me, you know, just, uh, you know, serving the military veteran community was kind of, you know, the podcast and the online meetups. Um, from there, I just met so many different people. Um, you know, one of my actually business partners today suggested, Hey, you know, you should start an investor group out of this. I'm like, what's an investor group? Like I had no idea. Right. So, <laughs> you know, um, but there was a lot of interest in it and come to find out like the investor group serves a very important need. Like, you know, there's a lot of military veterans out there that are uh, in need of capital, whether it's for a real estate project or for their startup. And so the investor group helps connect uh, folks that have investment opportunities with accredited investors who want to want to fund those opportunities. So I've uh, been doing that for about five and a half years, almost six years. Uh, and what type and of areas are you guys investing in? Is it businesses? I, th I think I saw in there that you you have uh, real estate investments as well. Yeah, so it's a mixture, you know, so it's not one specific asset class, you know, but I'd say probably each month we host a call. Uh, so I'll invite the investors to the call. Usually we'll have 40 or 50 folks uh, who join the monthly investor group call. And then each month we have usually five, six or seven ish presenters. So no more than seven who each give a seven minute fast pitch about their mm -hmm. opportunity. That keeps the call within an hour. You know, people have to kind of really get to the point. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is my ask. And it's a mixture of of real estate investment opportunities, um, investment funds. So people that have started an investment fund or startups usually in like the seed, uh, you know, round or maybe series A round. So early stage startups and mm -hmm. they share their opportunities with the group. And then the individual members of the group, you know, do their due diligence and, and then, you know, reach out or connect and, you know, if they're interested in investing. So, um, pretty, pretty informal, you know, but yeah. there's the opportunities that come through the network are, are pretty good. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see, you know, um, the, you know, the high quality businesses and even real estate projects that a lot of folks in the community kind of bring forth to the, are you guys looking at all to get into the, uh, the ETA space, you know, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship through acquisition? Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's a, I probably talked to somebody that's looking to buy a business at least once or twice a month. And, mm -hmm. and there are like, there's a group that presented to the investor group, uh, actually a Naval Academy grad. Um, and that's, they have an investment fund and that's what they do. Like, so they'll, they'll fund these, um, you know, folks that are, you know, looking to transition from you know, entrepreneurship through acquisition, looking to buy companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so that, so we've had like funds present to the group, you know, raising capital to fund these individual businesses. Um, and so, yeah, so we've had folks like that, that have, that have presented to the group and, um, and so are these typically looking to buy individual businesses or are you getting private equity coming in, looking to do a roll up, uh, on a specific industry like marinas or, or auto body shops? Yeah, we had an air force academy. Uh, grad um, down in Florida present. So he has, he was a private equity company. And so 
you know, I guess, a, a, so he had like a platform fund where, you know, one business would like help the other business. And, and so they were buying companies. And I don't know if the operators were veterans or, um, you know, but he was a veteran and, you know, it was a private equity fund and they were looking to make acquisitions. Um, and so some of these guys have a really high investment minimum though. Like, you know, mm -hmm. when you start, when you start talking to the, the private equity funds, it's like, you know, the two that I mentioned, I think it was at least, you know, one of them was a million dollar minimum investment. And I think maybe they both were, but Just sometimes we'll cut deals with the uh, fellow change. academy grads or veterans, like to let them into the deal at a, you know, beneath the minimum. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but the... it's, it's interesting. It's all different, it's different types of opportunities and, you know, and it's, and there's all different types of investors that like different types of opportunities. Sometimes somebody will present a tax mitigation strategy, right? And, hey, this is a you know financial advisor or somebody that has a way that people can save on taxes. So we have had those kinds of folks present in the past. And um, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool, man. It's just like a diverse group of different types of opportunities. But the common thread is that everybody's a veteran, right? And so mm -hmm. that develops a level of trust where, um, Hey, even if somebody doesn't want to invest or isn't interested, like you're going to get good feedback, right? People are going to get honest feedback on what you might need to improve, um, in order to get funded. So awesome. in your opinion, yeah, what's the coolest, yeah. What's the coolest opportunity that's came through the, <laughs> that meeting? Yeah, man. So when, when I first started the investor group, gosh, um, there was a, a Naval Academy grad class of, I want to say like early seventies submitted the form on the website. Like, Hey, they went to the SABM group website to the investor group page. They said, submitted a form like, Hey, I want, I'm interested in presenting to the group. And I was like, Oh, cool. You know, so we set up a call and you know, we you were talking and this guy was the angel investor in zoom. Like he wrote, the, he wrote, he wrote, he used to work at WebEx back, you know, and then the guy that started Zoom, I forget his name, but like they worked together in this guy, the Navy veteran, uh, was his seed investor in Zoom. And so, incredible. Like, you know, of course you can present to the investor group, right? So he had, he had a new SaaS startup that, you know, he was, um, getting off the ground, raising maybe a couple of million dollars. And, um, and uh, yeah. And so that was maybe three or four or five years ago, I guess when we first started the group and it was cool, man. Like he got investors from the call and, you know, I just heard from the CEO of that that company. Um, yeah. Like, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn or whatever, we got an update an investor update, but there's a lot of Academy grads that are invested in that company. And, mm -hmm. and, but that was really cool. I thought like he had a really cool story where this guy was, <laughs> who would have thought that the angel investor in zoom was, you know, a Navy veteran. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's and what, <laughs> what's been the, have, have you guys had any, um, big company or big investments that have had, uh, you know, significant return since you've started this program? Yeah. So the, like the, the real estate ones are, um, you know, I mean, I've invested in a, in a few of them. You know, I wish I could invest in all of them, right? But, you know, mm -hmm. it's, um, I ran out of money after like the first six months. Like, <laughs> investing in deals. You know, I, I, out. I, 
I turned my IRA into a self-directed IRA. And then, you know, after, you know, talking with the angel investor in Zoom and, you know, <laughs> people that had some pretty cool opportunities, you know, Scott was out of investing money, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but it's, but with those deals, you know, a lot of times the venture capital ones, the early stage companies, it just takes a while for something to happen, right? They need a liquidity event. And so, um, and so, you know, the ones that I've invested in, they're still going, you know, I still get the updates. None of them have <laughs> run out of money yet, you know? And so hopefully, and, you know, I guess that was maybe three or four years ago, hopefully, and, you know, within the next, within 10 years, right. You get some kind of a return, right. The, mm -hmm. the real estate deals, uh, you know, pretty much cash flow for the most part, unless it's a, a development deal, cash flow pretty, pretty much immediately. Right. So every quarter I'll, I'll get a check, you know, or a deposit into my account for, Hey, you know, here's your quarterly payout. Um, and so oftentimes those will take, you know, anywhere from four five, six years to, where there's a liquidity event, somebody buys the property. And so, um, yeah, I've gotten to invest in some really, really cool opportunities that folks are working on, um, gets create a passive income stream and, uh, yeah. And hopefully like in the next year or two, there will be a liquidity event with the, with some of the deals, right. Where it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I get, get a payoff and or a payout and then you can go and invest in the next one. But, um, we uh, need to have, uh, Brandon. Brendan Miller talked to him. So Brendan, one of the guys in our community, uh, the entrepreneur community, he's created a AI based, essentially a psych, uh, psychology assessment of people so they can have real time conversations through the computer with an AI psychologist. And it actually analyzes the, the, uh, the input from the person, you know, whether they're doing a journal entry or having a, a conversation with the, the AI psychologist. Um, and it'll break it down of like, Hey, you know, you, this person might be depressed, might have PTSD, might have anxiety, uh, might have, uh, self-harm tendencies might be, uh, potentially a, a threat to others. And so it can it do this real time analysis and it can report back to, uh, actual psychologists and, and people's commands. And he's been getting a huge amount of, of positive feedback on it. And he even built in a, uh, an AI image of, you know, a, a talking head essentially to, to make it much more real. So it's not just you in a, in a chat room kind of, you know, with, with text going back and forth, there's an actual person image that, uh, that is having these conversations. Uh, and there, there's a huge amount of potential that this will be able to have given the amount of, you know, mental health issues and suicide problems within the veteran community. He's been super passionate about it. He was actually just up at uh, the Milvets conference in San Francisco, hoping to present, but uh, I guess they, they changed the criteria at the end. So the, the threshold of what they're looking for in terms of investment was much higher than where, where he is. Uh, so he didn't make the cut, but he's been, he's been definitely working, working the, uh, the veteran crowd to see what, what he can do about getting funding and, and move this project along. Yeah, yeah, Brandon is yeah. one of those, and that's a good audience too. You know, like if you're raising capital, you know, for your business or you know for a real estate project, you know, instead of just going to like up to strangers, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like talk to like talk to folks that you were classmates with, right, or people that you served with in the military, um, and it works. You know, it really works because they want to support you, and you don't want to let them down, 
right? And so, um, yeah, a lot of money has exchanged hands, you know, between the investor group and the podcast and just, I think, just within the military veteran business community, right? People want to support each other. And so it's, um, yeah, really good community to be a part of. That's awesome. It was worth it was worth the struggle, man. So I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's where we are right now. This is you are our uh, our fifth guest that we've interviewed. Um, we have a ton. We have like ten more already lined up uh, with a huge amount of interest. But I I know exactly what, what you're talking about with, with that initial grind of all right. We just need to get content, have have uh, as many guests as we can, figure out the 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 voice and the messaging and the topics that that we want to be talking about that align not only with what we want but also what the audience wants um, and, and making sure it all it all keeps moving forward but it's it's a hell of a ride and it's so much fun yeah yeah you guys are doing a good job and how many how many members do you guys have in in the uh, SABM community. Yeah. So, um, you know, SABM's broken down so I've, into some different groups. So the investor group, we've got about maybe 600 accredited investors in the group. Um, you know, each month we'll have 40 or 50 show up to the monthly meetings. Uh, we also have a an investment fund, you know, so kind of from the invest, investor group, um, you know, one of the guys that presented to the group early on and uh, was a podcast guest, uh, Bill Militello. Um, you know, I've invested in a couple of his real estate deals um, back when I was first starting the investor group. Anyway, really great guy, um, kind of became a mentor of mine. And um, and we wanted to start a fund, you know, like, hey, like we should uh, we should start a, an investment fund. And, you know, he had the whole back office to do that, you know, mm -hmm. and so and the, and he had started and he had created funds before. So we started a fund together back in 2020, if you remember that year. Um, <laughs> it's, a bit of, it's a bit of a haze. We were sitting around, you know, probably locked down, you know, on just trying to figure out what kind of, uh, what to do with ourselves. But uh, we started the Academy Fund, uh, which is a real estate fund that's focused specifically on lending. And so, uh, so over the last three and a half years, we've, um, We've done over, we just crossed 50 million in loans, you know, so we lend money on investment properties, specifically to military veteran real estate investors. So folks that need bridge financing for an investment mm -hmm. property. So they need to close quickly and they need to close with cash, right? And they don't want to use their own cash per se. And so, uh, so we do hard money lending. So we've done over 50 million in loans over the last three and a half years. And we'll raise the money from accredited investors. And so we've probably raised, I think, just over 20 million uh, to date. And so you got the rich guys, right? And gals that are like, yeah, I don't want to go do the, <laughs> the heavy lifting, you know? So they'll, they'll invest and they get paid monthly, which is pretty cool, right? So they mm -hmm. get monthly distros or most of them reinvest it. So it's something that cash flows right away for investors. And, and then it provides capital to, for the military veteran real estate investors. And there's been a, some really cool success stories that have come from the Academy Fund. Um, so we were able to fund uh, one of my classmates who was actually a Navy SEAL as well. Um, and so he he was uh, a real estate investor and an entrepreneur. 
um, really successful business person and came across a farm that he wanted to buy. You know, I think it was like 350 acres and mm -hmm. he's like, guys, um, we, we had a really good relationship with him. Um, he's in our 10 X vets group, which I'll talk about in a minute, but, uh, he's like, yeah, I need to close like within a few weeks in order to get a really good deal. So, um, we liked him and we liked his experience and we liked the deal. So we lent, lent the money. Um, and the reason why he used our financing was because the bank was going to take, you know, probably I think about 90 days to, to get, to come through with an appraisal. Right. So we couldn't mm -hmm. get bank financing right away. So anyway, so we lent the money. Um, we, he refinanced us out after about three months. And when the bank finally did the appraisal, uh, the appraisal came in a million dollars more than what he had paid for the, the property. Right. So we literally like, you know, he was able to, you know, create a million dollars of equity in this farm that his family operates. In 90 and, days. And yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool success story. And then another one more recently, a, a Coast Guard veteran. Um, I call this guy, he's like the master deal finder. Like, I don't know how he finds these, these deals, but this one um, was a property uh, just outside of Providence, Rhode Island. And again, like he needed to close quickly. Um, it was a family owned property, it had been in the family for a hundred years or something like that, right? And it was uh, 10 units, so two commercial units, eight apartments, and um, somehow he convinced the family to sell him the property. Um, and so he bought it for 370,000 and he was gonna keep it. So he was gonna keep it in his portfolio. And then once it was, um, went through the seasoning period of six months, he was gonna get a commercial loan, refinance us out, and then, you know, and that would be a nice cash flowing property for him. But he got like 20 offers within the first few months of owning the property. So he ended up selling it a few months later for 1.3 million. So he made a million dollars off of the top one, one <laughs> deal, right? And so we've done, yeah, some really cool um, deals like that where we're able to really help somebody kind of find a pot of gold, right? And a deal just because they needed to, were able to close quickly. Um, and so... Uh, it's really been, been fun to see, to, to build relationships and get to know some of these uh, these folks that are out there, um, you know, with access to really cool investment opportunities and provide them with, with capital, right? And so a, a solution um, to finance the properties. And and so that's the, uh, that's the Academy Fund. And it's, um, we're always looking for good borrowers and, and good investors in that. And um, but yeah, that's been a lot of fun to build out over the last three and a half years. And Scott, do you know David Gutierrez and uh, Stuart Grazer? They're uh, they run the Kinetic Men podcast, and they also it's also like a it's 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 a it's a group um, that they they also run or a community that they also run. But they were Naval Academy grads, and they're in the real estate game. I think they they invest pretty heavily up in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, I played baseball with Stu at the Naval Academy. No way. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> I know him well. Great guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Those guys are salt of the earth. Yeah. How, yeah. how did you run into them, Greg? They're they're in Colorado now. Uh, so they both moved over there and are living out of Colorado and started their own company. And I've had lunch with them a couple of times. And uh, John Bollinger, he's a former Marine One pilot, is, is over in Colorado Springs now. And he's good buddies with them. And I had hung out with John quite a bit when I was um, 
stationed over in Colorado Springs. So got to know those guys through him. Awesome. Yeah, the the military presence in commercial real estate is is pretty remarkable. I've I've seen so many guys get out of the out of the military and go immediately into commercial real estate. Granted, it's also part of the time, you know, when I was getting out 2019, 2020 was pretty high times for for commercial real estate investment. Um, and so I imagine it attracted a lot of people, but I think it's also just a good fit of of having ownership, having uh, flexibility, and obviously very lucrative offers. Yeah, and it's, it's something that a lot of folks active duty can start, you know, in their you know, as a side hustle, right? When they're mm-hmm. on active duty, a lot of folks will buy properties and there's just a lot of veterans that are interested in real estate investing. And so um, anyways, but from an investment standpoint, we liked that that because our deals are backed by real estate, you know, and then they're being led by, you know, pretty reputable people, right? People that mm-hmm. have, you know, are, we're all cut from the same cloth, right? So they don't, the borrowers don't want to let the investors down, right? It's like, hey, you know, I just borrowed a, a million dollars from these guys. Like, they're going to do whatever that they can to to pay it back, you know. And mm-hmm. so investors like the the product because it's backed by real estate. And then there's veterans that are running the the projects, and you know, it, it's been working so far. So we'll we'll keep going. Are you and your business partner doing the due diligence? Do you have a team of experts that that advise you? How are you making decisions on on these investments? Yeah, so we have a whole underwriting team. Actually, uh, one of Stu's classmates, so Brian Witten from Hornet Capital. Uh, so Brian was also on the baseball team, and uh, and that's his expertise. Like he's our due diligence nerd. Like this guy loves real estate. He loves analyzing deals. And he's was his he is a very successful hard money lender, um, and he's based in Austin. So Brian started Hornet Capital, and has been doing hard money lending for a number of years. And before that, he was doing fix and flips and investing. And so, um, and then he kind of got on the onto the lending side. And so he developed that expertise. And so, um, yeah. So we uh, actually, and then. Brian met Bill Militello, who I mentioned earlier, at one of our 10x Vets meetings. Um, and so, uh, 10x Vets is a, kind of an executive community for military veteran business owners and investors. We launched that about the same time as we launched the Academy Fund. But Brian met Bill, and then so me and Bill had been talking about doing this fund uh, of some sorts, right? We didn't know if it would be venture capital or whatever. Um, but Brian met Bill and was like, wow, like I really like Brian and I really want to be in the lending space right now because it's, it's, we're first lean positions, you know, so we're at the top of the capital stack, right? So mm-hmm. there's no bank ahead of us, you know, so it's not equity risk. And um, Brian or Bill really liked that model and really liked Brian. And so, uh, and at the time, Brian was only doing loans in Austin, Texas. And that's still where Hornet Capital focuses is the local market in Austin. So like, Hey, Brian, like, what if we, would you like to be our, our partner, uh, our diligence partner, our underwriting arm for the Academy fund. And we'd like to take your hard money lending strategy and expertise and, um, and create a fund that uh, does lending to military veteran real estate investors throughout the country. 
And so Brian's team does all of the underwriting. Um, and we also have a CFO on the team uh, who does a who uh, does a lot of uh, who helps out a lot there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so and Bill does the capital raising. He's like one of the best capital raisers I've ever met, you know, and so he's um, he's focuses on that. And I'm the marketing guy, you know, so I'll, I'll bring in like through my investor group, you know, meetings and, you know, just the, you know, our email list and podcast and that sort of thing. So we'll, I'll find borrowers, you know, through the network, people that have real estate deals where they need that type of financing. And so I'll help out on the marketing side of looking, you know, looking for borrowers, looking for people that have deals. And then also even on the investor side, you know, folks that are interested in investing, and so between, you know, like going at something alone, you know, is it can be a, a difficult battle, right? So it looks like you guys kind of do, you know, you do your, the podcast and your business together um, mm -hmm. and you can go exponentially faster that way, you know, yeah. but if it was just you, you know, <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> things out and it's, it's a, it's a long battle. And so, um, but anyway, that's the Academy Fund team. So the three of us came together along with uh, an Army guy, West Point graduate, Lou Baker, who's an investment advisor. And it works, you know? So three and a half years later, we've done over 50 million in loans and and um, and we haven't missed a monthly investor payment distro yet. So, you know, it's, 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 it seems a to good, be worth uh, the metric so to have. To be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and tell us a little bit more about the, the 10X Vets. And you said it's more of like an executive um, group for uh, CEOs and, and entrepreneurs to come together. Yeah. Yeah. So 10X Vets, um, you know, back when I took back to the Clifton Strengths uh, assessment real quick, you know, so my top two strengths are competition is number one. So I hate losing more than I like winning. <laughs> but, you know, um, but I'm also an includer. That's my second strength. So, you know, includers are people that, you know, like to kind of bring people together, connect people. And so um, what I, me at my best is bringing people together to win. And so, mm -hmm. um, and so with 10X Vets, it's really, I think, a, a reflection of what I do best, connecting people, bringing like-minded people together, people who have a lot, a lot in common, you know, based on, um, their backgrounds, their goals, that sort of thing. So, uh, so we've got about just over a hundred members in 10X Vets. Um, it's a mixture of monthly workshops that we do. Um, everything from, you know, how do you leverage the Clifton Strengths Assessment to create a genius statement, right? And so we'll, we actually have that workshop today to help folks really dial in what they do best. Um, We'll do another workshop each month on scaling your business. So we've got a framework called Leverage 7. And mm -hmm. so we each month we'll talk through one of the different levers that somebody can utilize in their business to kind of free up their time so that they can focus on what they do best, their genius. Um, and so we do that each month. Each month. And then Bill uh, Militello, he leads the, uh, he does a wealth creation workshop each month. So a series of workshops and we also have um, peer circles and so this quarter we're launching a a six-figure circle so for business owners of any industry who um, are earning at least six figures of personal income from their business uh, we have a six-figure circle for real estate investors 
um, that we're launching pretty soon in the next 30 days. And then uh, I was talking with one of the members about the peer circles and he's like, well, well, Scott, uh, I, I've, uh, you know, I'm on to seven figures now. So <laughs> like, well, we got to create a seven figure circle for you. His name's Ray. He's a, a big uh, real estate developer in Dallas. Great guy. Um, and so, um, so the seven figure circle, I'm curious to see how many members we have at that level, but I'm sure there's at least a handful. Um, and so, uh, so those are the peer circles. And then we're also starting an investor syndicate mm -hmm. as well. And so this is for folks that have a net worth of 3 million plus who are, you know, pretty capable of investing into deals. And what they really want is to be surrounded by folks, other people that can write checks pretty easily into deals, but where we collectively do due diligence together. So a little bit different than the investor group, right? So the investor group is, hey, here's, you know, five or six or seven presentations. You're kind of on your own to do your own due diligence. The syndicate is a place where collectively we do due diligence. Uh, Bill CFO will probably help out as well, you know, with, with the due diligence. And we come into deals collectively, right? So we're able to negotiate terms with the issuer and because we're writing larger checks, you know, as a group. And people are really excited about that. We have at least um, seven or eight just already amongst the members that are like, yeah, like I meet the requirement and I want to be a part of that. And um, and so there's been a lot of interest in that. So um, and so that's what 10 expense is. We actually we also do retreats uh, two, three times a year. So we were just in Naples, Florida last week, uh, for mm -hmm. a retreat. So we had 25 people fly in. And, uh, so that was a lot of fun and we're planning on, uh, doing one out in, uh, in Napa, uh, as our, for our next retreat. So anyway, so it's a combination of, of zoom calls, workshops, um, the different peer circles, and then in-person retreats, uh, throughout the year where, uh, relationships are built, man. And like deals happen. So it's, it's pretty crazy. That's amazing. That's, I mean, bringing, bringing veterans together, I, I say it all the time on, on LinkedIn that the, the veteran communities, unlike anything else out there, you know, people used to talk about fraternities, um, and, and colleagues from business and stuff like that, but nowhere else do you get a, a group of people that literally cross every walk of life, every demographic, every socioeconomic, um, uh, area you know there's every single type of, of person in the u.s has a um has a segment in the military that, that get represented by them um and then so when you bring us all together with with a common cause you know even greg and i you know we're completely different services i was in the marines and the navy he was in the army um, but immediately we had a, a connection with one another where we understand what the other had been doing we have a, a baseline level of trust we know that he's a responsible hardworking, uh, driven person that most other places don't get. Like just because you were in X fraternity doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to trust me. Like completely different schools, different, different backgrounds, different, uh, different majors. It, it, you don't, you don't have that same level. It's like you have that, that little bit of like, I can, we can have a conversation, but with veterans, it's, it's immediate trust and, uh, reliability with us. And so when you start bringing in investments and running businesses, and buying real estate, you know, there's, as you said, there's a remarkable level of trust and cooperation that happens. Yeah. And it's, it's the, 
there's a super high quality factor as well, you know, and it's, it's everybody's pretty humble, right? Like you were in a Navy SEAL, right? And so that's probably not something that you lead with, right? And mm-hmm. you, <laughs> right, but yeah, I, try oh, not yeah to. I, was, I was just like a Navy <laughs> SEAL for a few years and it's just something I did and whatever, you know? And, and so I think that just the humility that veterans have, and it's pretty amazing. You know, I had mentioned earlier on the podcast, about the guy that was the angel investor in Zoom, right? Like, mm-hmm. really? You know, that's crazy that 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 person was the angel investor in Zoom, right? But they're not out there like beating their chest and like posting selfies on Instagram of like how great they are. And so I think the amount of the level of success that a lot of these people have had, like you would have no idea like what they've achieved and um, and the fact that they're willing to set up conversations with the younger generation, right, and invest in their companies and want to help out and be pretty open with their time, you know, that's really what makes this community pretty amazing. You know, it's a high quality network and everybody's super approachable for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I got so one we- question for you, Scott. So you have, you come across people that are looking for investors all the time. What, what's the one piece of advice, especially maybe like with the current climate, what's the one piece of advice you'd give people right now that are trying to raise funds? I am one of those people potentially. Um, so this is, this will be a, especially relevant to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, really kind of, um, the first piece of advice is to ask yourself, do I really need to raise funds? Right. Do I really want other, you know, people that I have to report to in my business, right? Because, you know, the first lesson that you learned in business school is that, hey, the shareholders always come first, right? And so that's really the first question is like, do I even want to raise funds or is there another way that I can access capital, whether it's through like friends and family, like, I don't know, whatever, right? So you kind of explore all of the different options and decide if that's something that you even want to do. And then I'd say like the next piece of advice is hire a really good attorney, right? And so don't cut any quarters, don't download some document off of like the internet or whatever the legal zoom or whatever, you know what I mean? Like hire Mm -hmm. a securities attorney and there's plenty of them in 10 X bets. There's, you know, where you could do a search on LinkedIn or I'm sure you have people in your network and say, Hey, I want to, I'm thinking about raising capital and you know, and you want to have really good investment documents and help people help you and figure out like, what are you offering to investors? Right. So I think, you know, the first step would be, Hey, do I even want to raise capital? Is this something that I actually need? Do I want these partners in my business? And if so, you know, hire a really good attorney and talk to some people that have successfully raised capital in the past and connect yourself with, as many of those people as possible, right? So within 10X Vets, we have a, like part of that wealth creation, we call it the wealth and capital workshop, right? So that that one call brings together investors and capital raisers on the same call, right? And so we'll talk through a topic. Um, a few months ago, it was the importance of a form D, which is something that you have to file if you're raising capital. And so the investors were like, what's a form D, right? Maybe I should ask, like, so we kind of like went through like, hey, this is what it is. You should ask the issuer for their form D as part of your due diligence, because there's a lot of information on that form D that, you know, you can really learn a lot about a deal just by looking at that. 
Now for the capital raisers, like the more like advanced ones, were like yeah, you know, we knew that. And then, but you know, I'm sure there were some of them that were like <laughs> that, right? And so, um, so surrounding yourself with people that have done it, I think, is really important. And then, and professionals, right? And then also potential investors and get feedback. Like, hey, is this something that you would invest in, or what would you need to see in order for this to be investable for you, right? And so I think that's kind of where it starts is, you know, connecting with like-minded people that have done it and a good attorney that can help you write the documents um, before you go to market. And so for for somebody else that um, that is looking to get into or looking to raise funds for, for a business, what, what's the typical business model that, um, that you guys see if, if someone's going to come to you as a you know seed round or, or series a, what's the typical, uh, industry that they're in and what's the typical business model you want to see from them in terms of return. If they're deciding like, Hey, is, is the SABM group, a a good group to, to talk to. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who's on my roster for this month because our calls next week. Um, I was going to just read out the sample of what what deals we <laughs> we have, but I've got it written down here somewhere. Uh, there we go. Uh, so for me, what's important is, hey, does this? So they fill out an application to present, mm-hmm. and you know, there's some basic questions on the application, and that's you know, just on your website. Sure. What's that? That, that falls yeah, on your so website. SABMgroup.com slash invest. There's a presenter application. And so that's got all of the questions. Um, so I want to make sure that they're able to you know, receive capital, right? So you don't want to present to the investor group and you've got no way for somebody to invest. Oh, we don't have mm-hmm. our investment documents ready or like we're not structured the right way. Um, so this month we have a, a group that's presented almost every month for the last couple of years. So they do industrial real estate deals. So institutional quality um, real estate deals and sale leasebacks. So they'll go in alongside a private equity company. The private equity company will be buying some sort of a business, manufacturing company or you know something, some sort of a business, but the private equity company doesn't want to own the real estate. Right. They just want to own the business. They want to operate the business and then they want to sell it. Right. And five to however many years. Uh, so where this group comes in is they'll buy the real estate. Right. So they'll kind of like not kind of, but they'll get a, a firm grasp on the operating company that's being purchased. And because it's a single tenant. Right. On the, mm-hmm. that. And that's leasing. And but they'll come in and, and they'll do. They'll lease the property to them. They'll own the real estate. And then they have a whole fund that that's what they do. So a portfolio of these types of properties. Uh, So they're presenting. Uh, We've got another company that uh, is um, kind of like a co-working space for, for they're creating classified spaces, right? So if you're a government contracting company, they um, are creating these different locations, these office spaces that are classified. I've heard of this group. They're, they're basically creating mobile skiffs or like Skiff, WeWork yeah, skiffs. Yeah. So yeah, Sean is presenting. So he's presented to the group a number of times. Um, we've got a franchisor. Uh, so these guys do 
um, kind of like Serve Pro or Puro Clean. They do they go in and do restoration work. So if you've mm-hmm. got flooding in your house or whatever it might be, so they work with insurance companies to um, you know to restore homes that kind of get destroyed. Uh, but they're franchising and they've been doing it for a number of years. They're looking to scale and they just started raising capital so that they could grow from 10 franchisees to 50 or whatever their, their next goal is. Um, we actually have our youngest presenter presenting to the group uh, this month. And so they do real estate investing in, in Michigan. Uh, not the prettiest type of real estate. I think it's it's Section Eight like mm-hmm. deals, but like they they kind of had their act, they had their act together. Like when I talked with the guy, I was so impressed with um, like how young he was and the the team that he had built, and then their strategy. I was like, man, like you want to be the youngest presenter to ever present to the group, and he said yes. So how old is he? <laughs> What's that? How old is he? He's a twenty-two uh, West Point grad. So two. I can't even imagine like when I was two years out of the academy, what I was even doing. And it had nothing to do with <laughs> anything that was, no. uh, you know, building, creating wealth for the future me. So, Far so he's from presenting. It. We've got another group that's uh, that does. Um, I actually just had him on my podcast and they do uh, gaming. So they create like esports, like tournaments for high school kids. And middle school kids, so middle school, mm-hmm. high school kids, and they're in like a thousand schools across the country, and it's really this interesting concept where a lot of these folks are like, if you think about kids at that age, like go home and if they don't play a sport, like what are they doing? You know, maybe they just go home and play video games alone in their room. So he's like created this way for these gamers to like form teams like in their high school and compete against each other and really kind of give them like show that, Hey, this is, this is valuable. This skill set of like big, being a gamer and what is really is, you know, something that, you know, you can win it and you can, you know, get, you know, trophies and championships and, and well, all of that. There's huge so, money in that space. I think Twitch is the, the number one viewed website. Like it's more than, more than YouTube. Uh, people just want to watch live stream gaming. Yeah. So he's presenting this month. And then we have another uh, financial advisor. He's in uh, in the 10X Vets group. who's going to be discussing a track, uh, tax mitigation strategy. So so they each have seven minutes and, you know, they'll share their pitch. And But that's kind of like the menu of, of deals for this month. <laughs> now you mentioned uh, companies or the, these, these presenters need to be structured and set up properly to uh, receive funding. What type of requirements do you have? Yeah. So if it's a real estate opportunity, you need a private placement memorandum. You know, it can't just be like, hey, you know, I've got this LLC and like you're going to be a general like, you know, it's they've got to have a private placement memorandum if it's a real estate deal. Mm-hmm. And then usually the startups will have a convertible note or a safe you know, something like that, that, um, you know, away the vehicle, you know, that shows the investors, Hey, here are the terms and a legal document, um, you know, to accept limited partners and their deals. So, um, anyways, but that's kind of the, so it doesn't need to have like, um, a C corp in, in Delaware or something like that. They, you can be a little bit more flexible in that space. Yeah. 
Yeah, so an entity, right? So whatever mm -hmm. the entity type is that your attorney recommends that you set up, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to, for, for your capital raise for the, for the Academy fund, it's an LLC, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, so it just depends, right? So it depends on what's the right legal structure for, you know, for your business and the way to structure your capital raise and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, but yeah, and then it's, it's, um, it's pretty cool, man. It's just, a people keep showing up. So I don't, <laughs> you know, it's, the, the, the deals the I mean, it's, it's interesting opportunities, right? It's, it's like stuff that it's like, wow, like these guys are solving real challenges that are out there in the marketplace and they've created these unique opportunities, um, for investors to help solve those challenges even though it's just their capital right it's not their time that they have to invest in building these companies um and so there's just a lot of folks that have done well and want to support them awesome so before we, we close out what, what's next for for 10x for the sabm for the sabm investor group um what, what do you see this growing into yeah so the next things i would say uh, you know, 10x vets to launch the peer circles. So we're starting the six figure circles, the business owner and the real estate investor circles in the next 30 days. So March 2024, the investor syndicate uh, bills forming the steering committee for that. And so that will be launching in the next quarter or so. <clears throat> and I think those things are really going to take 10x vets to the next level. And I'd like to do more retreats, like more in-person gatherings. I mean, 25% of the membership flew out to uh, Florida last week. I mean, it was at the Ritz Carlton. I mean, it's not, it wasn't free. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, but for 25 people, the, it was probably a couple thousand dollars, right? Just in, in a plane ticket and hotel. Some of the guys got Airbnbs, but, you know, it was a real investment for them to come. And for 25% of the folks to do that, it's like, there's a real need out there for this mm -hmm. kind of thing. So. Um, I'd like to do more of those retreats. Our goal is once a quarter, just pick a cool location. And I, I like it when it's a location where a member lives, you know, we've got a member that lives in Hawaii. It's like, yeah, man, we should uh, do one in Hawaii because I'm tired of flying from Hawaii to Florida every year. <laughs> so, um, so I'd like to do more of those. So that's on the 10 X bets side of things. And then the Academy fund is, you know, we actually got the fund uh, onto the Charles Schwab RIA platform, so registered investment advisor platform. So uh, registered investment advisors who use Charles Schwab um, uh, can offer the Academy fund to their clients and count it as an asset under management, right? So they, so that's pretty cool. And so developing relationships with RIAs throughout the country who like our product and want to differentiate themselves amongst their clients, being able to offer a you know pretty unique investment opportunity. Um, would love to develop more relationships with those folks. We probably have a half a dozen RIAs that we work with that allocate to the Academy Fund. So those are always, always valuable relationships for us. Um, and I think the sky is the limit there. Our only limiting factor is deal flow, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've been We've got plenty of deal flow right now, but, you know, we've got the capital raising experts on the team, right? Like people that have done this for a living. And, um, and so Bill's really good at it. He's really created 
a great foundation, a structure, kind of getting us onto the Charles Schwab RIA platform, developing relationships with people that have hundreds of investors. Um, and so we've got all of the plumbing in place. It's just deals, right? It's like, if we can have all the money in the world, but if we don't have quality people to lend to, um, that's our only limiting factor as we, as we grow. And so if there's anybody listening to this that knows somebody that is a real estate investor or you are a real estate investor and need short-term financing or bridge financing for a project, you know, let us know. And we'd love to learn more about you and your opportunity and, you know, potentially work with you. Awesome. Yeah. So all those, all those spots, uh, 10X Vets is 10xvets.com. Uh, the Academy Fund is academyfund.com. And then as you mentioned earlier, if you're interested in pitching before the Service Academy Business Masterminds is sabm.com slash investors. Obviously there's, there's a wealth of areas you guys are, are touching on. Um, pretty much the, the, the main trend is if you're a veteran interested in entrepreneurship uh, and need capital, these guys across the board, um, it seems like they'd be able to, to help you out pretty well. Yeah, we know a few people. So. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Well, this thank is awesome. All right, Kevin, I really appreciate great. you. Uh, on launching your podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and hopefully we'll be able to, to reach out to more people, send, send some traffic your way, both with investors and, uh, and entrepreneurs looking to, to grow their business. Awesome. Sweet.